What's up? It's Terrence the God, and you're listening to FPFO presented by the G2S Network. So, first and foremost, it's not going to be a lot of laughing and joking and shit today. I'm going to go ahead and let y'all know right now. Um, if you got any kids by you that they're not used to hearing a lot of profanity and vulgarity, go ahead and turn it off right now. That's my warning. That's where I want to start. And I'm and I'm going to try my best today to 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 not do all of that, but the way I'm feeling and the way I woke up this morning, I can't promise anybody anything. That's number 1. Number 2. Uh with this organization, a lot of people like doing you know, cute shit, right? Uh, for example, the owner with the turf, cute shit, because you can take it out, make more money, et cetera, et cetera. Y'all's former head coach, Matt Rule, like having these little sayings, O-U, uh, D-B-O, all of this shit. Then the new interim head coach, Steve Wilkes, with the whole protective bank that, you know, that that was lit on fire. Within the organization, within the fan base, you know, uh, on this podcast as well. The problem is, right, and this is where we kind of get into a little bit of it. The problem is, is when you got a team that really don't care nothing about none of that chatting. That, that has championship history. A very storied franchise, or, or or just a team that is a playoff contender, and obviously I'm not referring to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the latter uh, of that list. But the problem is with all of that cute shit is that when you're not made of that material, made of that cloth, and you're a team full of young guys. That you know has, has has grown up in this modern age where shit is just exceptionally soft everywhere you look and turn, and 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 guys have had everything handed to them their whole lives. The problem is when you get a team full of vets and a team full of niggas that don't care. And excuse me, because I, I I I've been told I don't need to use that word as much. But when you get a team full of players that don't care. And an organization that don't care about none of that protect the bank, none of that oh you, none of that shit, and come in and punch you in the mouth. And then the issue becomes now, because you're so used to everything being handed to you and, you know, you went on the road and you got a great win last week against, you know, a, 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 a mediocre 7-5 football team in Seattle. The problem is, you don't know how to respond when, a, when when somebody come and punch you in the mouth. Everybody did a lot of talking, us included. Don't think that anything that I'm saying right now that I'm, I'm negating or retracting anything that we said or have said up until this point on this podcast. Everybody was 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 excited 
it seemed like people were walking around the building a little bit differently, obviously from an outsider's perspective this week. But it seemed as though when the Carolina Panthers stepped on the football Sunday or the football field Sunday, for whatever reason, they thought a Pittsburgh Steelers team, a Pittsburgh Steelers team nonetheless that's coached by Mike Tomlin, they thought just because they went into Seattle and did what they did against that mediocre football team that the Pittsburgh Steelers were just going to come out and roll over and I guess let them win since the Steelers at this very moment are playing for nothing but their pride and respect. The performance that I saw yesterday, I, I, I mean, just because I'm trying to work on the vulgarity of shit. The performance yesterday, Sunday, whenever y'all hear this, whatever, was in, in, in the simplest of terms was extremely disappointing. And that's JJ saying that, you know, to the best of his ability without like just raging out and, and, and just wanting to tear this whole set down. Because yesterday, Sunday, if there would have been cameras and other people around me besides the people that know me, I I I, I might would have got admitted to a, a, a mental a mental institution, really. Because the effort. Again, this is something that we talked about a month, month and a half ago on TikTok and Reels and everything else. The effort. And see, we let Steve, see, let me, let me calm down because I see, you know, I feel my voice being raised a little bit. We let Steve Wilkes off the hook against the Cincinnati game because we understood we could, we could empathize with the feeling in the locker room the week after the loss to Atlanta in Atlanta. So we let Steve Wilkes off the hook against Cincinnati, the embarrassing performance that that was. But this, what I saw Sunday, is fucking unacceptable. And I'm glad that Steve Wilkes went on that podium yesterday and said, I don't want to hear nothing about the, I don't want to hear shit about the playoffs in this building at all. I'm glad that he came out and said that. We're, we're going to get into it some more. But just know, I'm right now, I'm not happy. I haven't had the best day. I woke up, my head was still throbbing from what I had to watch yesterday. I'm I'm not in a good mood at all. I'm not in a good mood at all. What what, what would you like to say? <clears throat> yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead and kind of go off of what JJ said with the first statement he made. Because I mean, if you watch our podcast, if you listen, I'm not really the one to you know really spaz. I I, I try to keep <laughs> I try to keep myself under control. But yeah, like you said, for today, if you view me as some type of person that holds it together, doesn't really, 
used all of this profane language. Um, but I mean, if you're around me, then you know. But if you don't know me, then obviously you only know me from what you've seen. Yeah, like you said, if you got kids around, if you got people who don't want to hear profanity, just go ahead and turn the shit off now. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be good today for what I got to say. And I know JJ, he always comes and says, no disrespect to the players, no challenging people's manhoods. I'm going to try my best today, but I don't know if that shit going to work with me today. Because I got a lot of shit I need to say about certain players in particular. That, I mean, you, you take it how you want. But it is what it is, and I'm calling it how I see it. But yesterday, that performance was just completely fucking embarrassing. Embarrassing to watch as a fan. Um, I feel bad for the fans who had to go and see that shit in person. Because that's a game that me and JJ originally was going to go see in person. Correct. Glad we didn't. Yeah. Because, I mean, yesterday, what I seen, and I agree with Steve Wilkes, I don't want to hear shit else about the playoffs, shit else about what we have to do to even consider being in the playoffs. Because when you went into that game yesterday, all that shit was up to your disposal. You had the most complete power in your fucking hands. Your destiny lied in your fucking hands. And you went in that bitch yesterday and just pissed it away. That's all I fucking seen. From the start of the fucking game, from snap one to snap two to snap three to snap fucking four. Just complete piss poor effort. Pittsburgh got the ball. And then we acted like we couldn't make a fucking tackle. And so I seen a team that act like they never played a game of football in their fucking life. I seen a team that didn't understand the magnitude of what they were playing for yesterday. And yeah, I'm not letting Steve Wilkes off because now I look at you like you didn't have your team fucking prepared. You came in there last week and said they're going to take this day off, they're going to take that day off and be prepared to work. Put it like this. From the rest of the time that you head coach in Carolina, I don't give a fuck how big the win is. We take no fucking days off. Because it, it, it appears to seem like we don't know how to handle a day off. I don't know what they did on their day off. Players can do whatever they want on their day off to each his own. But if you get granted a day off, at least come back to practice the next week like you know how to fucking play football. And apparently they didn't do that. Steve Wilkes cannot tell me or a player cannot tell me that practice went good this past week. Because that is not what the fuck I seen on the field Sunday. So there's no way practice went good at all. And so, I mean, that that's what I have to say just from a brief overview of what I seen yesterday without even diving into all of it. But that that's what I took from it. Uh, and just to add to, you know, what you were saying about the kind of team you saw, I for me personally, I saw a team that seemed entitled. And, and and transparently, I personally don't understand how you could be so delusional when you're sitting at, what, five and eight, right? Five and eight going in, five and nine now. I don't understand. Uh, I mean, you lost to the Atlanta Falcons. You lost to, you know, a, a, a mediocre, not even mediocre, really, lost to a horrible team in LA 
though we understand the circumstances with that, um, I I don't I don't know. Like I'm almost I'm almost speechless, really. But it seemed to be a sense of entitlement, and it seemed to be, you know, a sense of we're gonna come out and we're gonna do what we want. You know, we're going to execute the game plan on some some plays, some plays we're not. But ultimately, we're going to be able to do what we want. Whether it be do what we want against this team or do what we want in, in, in contrast to what our coaches say. And I don't even know what, I, I mean, because Ben McAdoo is a whole, whole different conversation that we're going to dive into today as well. Because his lack of ability to come up with play calls that make logical sense on the goal line is just completely befuddling to me personally. Because I've seen it two weeks in a row. Because last week against Seattle, I came in here and I challenged Ben McAdoo by saying, why when you have Deontay Foreman in your backfield, in your running back room, do you line up in a fucking shotgun four plays in a row? And throw the football. Then, this week against Pittsburgh, when we get the pass interference in the fourth quarter, against or or, or uh, when they pass, when they interfere with Terrace Marshall, you go half the distance or whatever, wherever they place it on the PI and ends on whatever may have you spotted a foul. We decide to run a a, a split back. Toss play on on down one. Then you run a halfback dive slash halfback gut, whatever you want to get, whatever you want to call it. Our offensive line just gets fucking mauled. And then on third down and eight, you decide to run a quarterback draw with Sam Darnold. And I mean no disrespect at all to Sam Darnold when I say this. But what the fuck would possess you? To run a quarterback draw on third and eight. So I don't know, you know, if that's how the team felt like they were just going to come in and Pittsburgh because they're playing for nothing was just going to, you know, turn over and grab their ankles. But that shit was fucking pathetic. And I know no other way to say that in a clean way. Because that's what it is. If you don't know, uh, welcome to FPFO. I'm JJ. This is my co-host Terrence. Uh, like, comment, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Follow on IG, TikTok at Four Panthers Fans Only. Also subscribe again on the YouTube at the G2S Network. On Rumble at the G2S Network. Spotify, Apple, Anchor. All streaming platform, all DSPs where you're able to find podcasts, we are there. So thank you all for being here. Um, unfortunately, this is the tone that y'all have to be, you know, here present for this week. Because last week it was different. Last week, you know, last week I was feeling like we could beat any team in the NFL. And today, 
it has me questioning everything I believe this team to be. All the way down from, I don't know if if Steve Wilkes is able to, to, to build an actual playoff contending team because you come off of, you know, it, it, the level of, it, it's two ends of the spectrum, right? You come off of a loss against Atlanta, a complete letdown, and then you get blasted in your head against Cincinnati, right? Okay, cool. So now you have the opportunity to make up for that in my mind because that Atlanta game was a big game and that Cincinnati game was a big game. Because the divisional race has been tight the whole year. So those two games were huge games. So now you have the opportunity to make it up. You go into Seattle, you maul them. Again, I'm under the belief that it should have been a 30-17 to 17 final score. But then, now that I'm saying that out loud, this is why I think I had a big problem with the effort that was displayed. This is why it was the worst thing that I saw last week on this podcast. The effort that was displayed on that last drive defensively against Seattle was the same fucking effort I saw all day yesterday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So again, I'm questioning everything. I'm questioning how I feel about Frankie Louvu. Because yeah, he has seven, eight tackles. That's cute. Cool. But I mean, I, I have never, I don't think I've ever seen him look as lost as I saw him look yesterday. I'm questioning the talent that I believe Jeremy Chin to be. Uh, to be. Yeah, cool. 14, point, uh, 14 tackles, 13 tackles, whatever it may be. Again, cute shit. Because if you watch that game and you know what's going on, I don't know if he is who we thought he was. Same thing with Brian Burns. I understand the sack numbers. I understand your top eight, top nine, whatever may have you in sacks. But why is it every time when we need a big play or why is it every time when we're in a big game you're nowhere to be found. Me and Terrence sat on this couch last week and discussed, you know, with the running back room set up the way it is, is it possible to continue to win football games? Is it possible to, you know, build off of this and, and, and establish this as what our franchise is known for? Why is it, Deontay Foreman, that the only thing that you could do total yards-wise was rush for nine yards? So everything that I believe this team to have been prior to Sunday, prior to week 15, or yeah, prior to week 15 against the Pittsburgh Steelers, at this point, is completely gone. Because I don't know. And like Steve Wilson has been saying since he's been uh, the, the interim head coach, now everything to me for JJ, and of course I'm just a fan, I'm just a nobody at this very moment. I mean nothing. My voice means nothing at this very moment. But now to me as a fan, now everybody is auditioning. Because we know how I've been sucking Frankie off the whole season. 
we know how me and Terrence came in here two weeks ago and spoke on the Brian Burns contract and the con and the extension that we felt as though he deserved. We know how vocal I've been about Steve Wilkes and how I felt as though he's he was the head coach for the future for this organization. But now I don't I I, I don't know. I don't know. Because if this team was who I thought it was, we would have came out, marched a fucking ball down the field, drive number one, put up seven points, forced a three and out, and put up another seven. And they and, 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 and just would have continued to mash and mush them niggas' face in the dirt. I don't I don't know what this team is now. If you don't know the Carolina Panthers lost last night, or excuse me, yesterday, Sunday. I keep saying yesterday with, you know, the thought process in my head that y'all are going to hear this as soon as we release it. But with the understanding now that it's going to drop Wednesday like we always do. So Sunday, the Carolina Panthers lost 24 to 18 um, against a 5 and 8, 5 and 8 Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, just a horrendous loss. Like, honestly, stats wise, Sam Darnold 14 to 23, 225 yards, one touchdown um, passing. Again, a, a great job from Sam Darnold in protecting the football. He had a, I mean, very clean game. Very clean game. It's not really much, you know, at this point, up until, you know, maybe two or three weeks ago, we, we've been saying that the problem with this team is that we don't have a quarterback. I mean, yes, could Sam Darnold have done more? Absolutely. But Sam Darnold did not lose his football game for us yesterday, Sunday, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So if you have that narrative in your head, that shit should die immediately. Chuba Hubbard, four rushing attempts for 10 yards. Deontay Foreman, 10 rushing attempts for nine yards. DJ Moore, five for 73 in a touchdown. Um, broke his career high in touchdowns for a total season, so congratulations to him. Um, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because we lost. So I saw everybody on Twitter trying to big up him, you know, congratulations, this and that, all of that cute stuff that I've been referring to for the beginning of this podcast. Everybody, you know, everything is, is, is cute for the Carolina Panthers organization and the, and the fan base. But if it don't result in wins, I don't give a fuck about it. So, great. He got a touchdown, you know, five touchdowns on a year, career high. Um, defensively, like I mentioned earlier, Jeremy Chen, 14 tackles. Shaq Thompson, 12. Keith Taylor, we're going to talk about him, but he was number three with eight, and Frankie Lou had eight as well. If you were wondering what I was referring to um, on the Brian Burns topic, three tackles only for him, no quarterback hits, no sacks, uh, no TFLs, or excuse me, one TFL. Let me let me give him his his his, uh, his credit. One TFL, but again, nowhere to really be found. No impact truly made on the game. Don't even feel like going through the Steelers through the Steelers stats because I don't care about it. That's not what we're here to talk about. Just understand that this football team got absolutely dominated by the Pittsburgh Steelers, by a team that just the week previous lost to a Lamar Jackson-less Baltimore Ravens, by a team that was unable to eclipse the 14-point mark 
against a Baltimore Ravens defense who has been lukewarm, to say the least, throughout the season. That allowed 16 points to Travis Huntley and a nobody at quarterback. Embarrassing. Um, and we'll dive into it there for a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of start the show there because, right, you know, <laughs> to open up, it was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of ranting and things of that nature. But I feel as though it was needed. Because cause yesterday, Sunday, was a reality check. For us as fans, for, for the people making decisions within the organization, GM, owner, uh, whoever, whatever the title may be, for this football team, these players, it was a reality check. And transparently, it was needed. Because I guess for whatever reason, the Carolina Panthers thought that they had arrived. Again, I don't know where you could go or, or what could make you that delusional sitting, you know, three games below 500. But that is what I saw Sunday. So, um, Terrence, if you would like to start, I'll let you start uh, with whatever you need to say as far as the game is concerned, and then we'll just move on from there. Yeah, so, I mean, kind of some of the same things J.J. said. I mean, fr the defense just looked like complete shit from the time they stepped on the field. First drive, I mean, mind you, the Steelers came in probably, I don't, I don't have the exact numbers, but as far as their rushing game, was not good at all coming into the game. But for some reason, first drive, they they just ran the ball down down our throats basically. Najee Harris got whatever he wanted. Um, a lot of the times we had ample amount of opportunities to make tackles in open field. Couldn't do that. Um, every time he touched the ball, he just completely got through the line of scrimmage. The defensive line just looked like complete dog shit all game. So tackles had to be made in the secondary. Got past the linebackers. That's why you have your two, two of your guys in the secondary leading the team in tackles in a Jeremy Chin and a Keith Taylor. And I don't even really want to say his fucking name for how garbage he was yesterday. So that just goes to show you that the defense just didn't really show up to do shit all game. Um, the secondary looked terrible. I never thought I would say that I actually miss seeing Dante Jackson out there because I, I've never been a big fan of Dante Jackson, but my God, bro, like if he would have just been playing on a fucked up ass ankle, I think we would have had a better chance of stopping Deontay Johnson. And then you have, uh, I don't know why CJ Henderson wasn't out there. I don't, I didn't see him on the injury report. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he started the game or what, but all I know is when Steve Wilkes was asked about it yesterday, after the game, he said that he was dealing with the ankle injury and that he was ruled out. Well, That's what he said on the. Like I said, I don't know because I don't recall seeing him at all yesterday. Um, but that's what he. That was the explanation that we got in the presser. And see, that's when shit needs to be more clear, because none of us had the. None of us had the information going into the game that C.J. Henderson wasn't going to play. 
I didn't. I don't know if you did. No, I didn't either. And so, I had and, no idea. and that's another thing. And it's like, obviously, C.J. Henderson doesn't make this football team. But can I say C.J. Henderson is better than Keith Taylor based off of what I seen yesterday? He's a he's a thousand percent better than Keith Taylor. Keith Taylor is complete dog shit. <laughs> and just the same boat that you put Carrie in, I don't want to see that motherfucker Keith Taylor back on the field, let alone on the team. I, I, I don't want to see him. But the sad thing is we have to see him because we don't have shit. Because everybody is injured. But Keith Taylor looked like complete dog shit. He got in the press conference and said this was the worst game of football he ever played in his life. But it's just fucking funny how you let the worst game of football come into your retro spectrum. I don't even know if I'm using the fucking correct words. But you let the worst game of football happen in the game that we need to win. Your worst game of football. You give it up to a receiver like Deontay Johnson, who to me has been borderline all year. And, and not to cut you off, but transparently, we didn't need Keith Taylor to come in and say that that was his worst game of football. Uh, motherfucker, excuse me, but we all sat back, whether it be in the stadium or on TV, and saw that this was the worst game that we may have ever seen as Carolina Panthers fans from a defensive back. Honestly, I, I, I that's the exact same thing I was thinking. This might have been the worst game by a corner that I've ever fucking seen in my life. Like, that shit was fucking embarrassing. Just embarrassing. And I told JJ before the game, I was like, I don't know. For some reason, I don't have a good feeling about this. Yep. And then the shit started on the first fucking drive. And then we go out and produce that, which was just complete, complete bullshit effort. And then you have... Yeah, and I can't even... uh I never thought I would say this as well. You would think that the worst game we've seen all year was the Cincinnati game. This game is a fucking close runner, honestly. And the score might say different, but from what I seen yesterday, we look like complete bullshit, exactly how we looked in that Cincinnati game. And you did mention something about uh, Ben McAdoo's play calling. And so I, I agree. I agree to an extent. But this is where I got to get on Steve Wilkes' ass. Because I was looking, I was watching another podcast earlier today, and they were saying that, you know, you have your coordinators who make decisions, who obviously call the plays. But with that being said, as a head coach, it's also like you have the ability to say, I either want to run the ball or I want to pass the ball. And so a head coach in that situation, I'm not fucking doing a fucking quarterback draw on third down at the goal line. Like, if that call comes through my headset, I'm dead in it. I have Sam Darnold in the fucking backfield. That's a dead play call. It's no reason why you should have felt in your mind that that was the best play call that we had in our fucking playbooks to run a quarterback draw with Sam Darnold. Just complete bullshit. And so that's why I had to get on Steve Wilkes at. And like I said earlier, this was a football team that wasn't prepared at all coming into this game. Wasn't prepared at all. Pittsburgh has looked like shit all season, and then they have their best game of the season against us. And then going back to something else you said, saying that you felt that it was a sense of entitlement, mm -hmm. and I, I really don't understand why the fuck it was. Why would you feel entitled to anything? You're not even fucking 500. That record, 5-8, and eight, that's fucking embarrassing to even be competing for a spot in the fucking playoffs. That's an embarrassing-ass record. 
And it's only us as Carolina fans that can get fucking excited about having a team five and eight having the potential to make the fucking playoffs. That shit is fucking embarrassing. Embarrassing as fuck. And then you come out and put on this shit-ass performance. So, I mean, you niggas don't even deserve to be in the playoffs. From what I've seen, even so happen, if everything goes our fucking way, you don't deserve to be there because I can see from this game that you're going to fucking piss it away. So, I mean, we might as well go the fuck home now. And, I mean, that's what I got to say. Yeah, and luckily, thankfully... Carter is not present, and you know y'all don't get that side of Terrence too too many times because he likes being a laid back, you know, personality on the, on this podcast. But I mean, that's what it is, and, 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 and unfortunately, this is the this is the point that we allow this team to drive us to, and I've said it so many times this season. Like, you know, I always get so high up. On, on this team and things of that nature, and then this is ultimately what what comes of it. The low is w- always way lower than the high is high. Always. And really, I couldn't have said it better myself, what you just said, everything you just said. Um, transparently, and, and, and I'm not even going to say no disrespect behind this because it... Really, transparently, it is what it is. And if a nigga want to say something or do something, then it is what it is. Keith Taylor deserves to be cut. I don't know why I didn't get a notification while I was at work today. I don't know why I didn't get a notification today, Monday, why I didn't get a notification that the Carolina Panthers have decided to part ways with cornerback Keith Taylor. I don't. Because even bro, uh, Cherry, at least he had a little bit of fight in him. I mean, um, just to get through this shit because I I, I don't want to be here all night because really, in, in all actuality, if we really, really, really wanted to break every aspect of this game down, we would be here for five hours as far as I'm concerned because just so much, so many things went wrong yesterday. So many things went wrong yesterday, and it's disappointing. Like I said earlier, it's disappointing, and that's really the only way I can say it because it's disappointing that you had everything in front of you on a platter. Only thing you had to do was win yesterday. And and, and I don't want people to think that we don't understand that we still control our own destiny if we went out because the Buccaneers did lose yesterday, whatever, whatever. The point that we're getting at is that you had a golden opportunity and you decided that for whatever reason, you didn't want to come out and play hard or play with effort. I think that's where my biggest problem is because I recall myself saying probably week two, week three, maybe even week four on this podcast that I can deal with a tough loss, you know, or, or, or getting hold by the referees or like I can deal with shit like that because I know that's what comes with the game. But when I see lackluster effort, that's when I become enraged and there's no other way to put it because if you haven't watched a game with me, that that type of effort has been displayed. Just thank God 
because I'm not fun to be around. I'm self-aware in that. I'm not fun to be around because a lack of effort, especially with the type of opportunity that was in front of us yesterday, when you have that type of opportunity, a lack of effort will just make me want to ram my head through a fucking wall. Honestly. And it was very, it was abundantly clear. It was abundantly clear from drive one. And I looked at Terrence dead in his eyes. I said, man, what the, f-? I said, are they scared to hit Najee? Najee Harris has not done a damn thing this season. Matter of fact, let's go look at his stats. Because I don't want to just say this stuff and, 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 and people are just looking at me crazy like, with, like I don't have any substance behind what I'm saying. So let's go look at Najee Harris's stats this season. 790 yards and six touchdowns. Average. Average. Subpar. Because um, Deontay, Deontay Foreman, if I'm not mistaken, started starting in week six and has already rushed for 600 plus yards. So you're telling me a, a, a running back that's been starting for 15 weeks in the season has only accumulated 196 more yards than him? Like all of that being said, Najee Harris is garbage. Yet for some reason, this defense, who we deem to be the best unit on the field for this football team, came out and allowed him to rush for 86 yards on 24 touches in the touchdown. And I, I, I wish that I could break it down just to see how many, how many yards came after initial contact. Because the tackling, and again, it's an effort thing. Because tackling to me is an effort thing. The tackling, abysmal. I don't even know how many tackles we missed yesterday. But I would have to say, just off the top of my head, just, you know, unfortunately attempting to relive through what I had to watch yesterday, I would have to say at least 11. But that to me is pathetic. What else? I mean, it, 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 again, another effort thing. Third down efficiency. I mean, fuck. Can you get off the field one time, bro? What were they? What were they, Terrence? What were they? Because I'm, I I'm trying I to find it, it now. That, that's exactly what I was going to look at because the shit was fucking embarrassing. And anytime they were twelve for sixteen on third down, <laughs> anytime compared to our four for eleven. So anytime you allow a team to convert that many times on third down, you're gonna lose the fucking game. I mean, it, it it's just. You're just going to lose the game. Like, it's that simple. When every time on third down, they only have to convert a third and one, a third and two. Yep. Because we can't get the fucking job done on first and second down. Yep. And so it's just fucking embarrassing. You're going to lose the game. And, and it's like it's like everything was was in reverse. Or, you know, everything was a complete 180 because last week we did such a great job against Seattle 
with staying in front of the uh, uh, staying in front of the chains, you know, first and ten, at least we're going forward, whether it be second and nine, second and nine and a half, whatever, at least we were going forward. But this past uh this past week, every 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 drive I felt like offensively we were starting behind the chains. First and ten turned into a second and 12 or a second and 13. And then another thing that really frustrated me is because I thought that I saw this team progressing and maturing a little bit. And then in the first quarter, I see three or four pre-snap penalties on both sides of the football. I see fucking four or five missed tackles. Another thing that I thought we matured past. I see cornerbacks, you know, one of the more uh, polarizing reels that we made when I came when I said come down and knock a nigga shit loose I thought that I seen us mature past that as well but then I see Najee Harris get on the edge and, and, and motherfuckers is jogging two yards backwards just to try and mentally prepare to wrap him up so it goes back to my initial point that everything that I thought about this team was completely debunked yesterday and I'm not feeling I'm, I'm I'm not feeling good. I mean, look, me and Terrence bought tickets to the game. Uh, what what was it? Saturday, Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. And I after yesterday, I damn near wanted to transfer the shit back to the nigga and tell him to send me my bread back. Honestly, because I I almost don't want to waste my time. Just embarrassing. Another unit that we've been gassing up all season. The offensive line. I mean, damn. 19 total rush yards. And yes, you can blame that on the running backs to a certain degree. But if you know football, 75 to 80% of the responsibility goes to up front, goes to the trenches. Then we allow how many sacks? I mean, I don't four even force allow four sacks. I don't even know how many total pressures because there was numerous times, ample amount of times where Sam Darnold just has to, had to throw the football up. And luckily, you know, he's gotten a little bit better with his patience and being able to make his decision making a little bit quick or a little quicker. Excuse me. Thank God for that, because if he if he was the Sam Darnold of last year, we would have sacrificed seven, eight, nine, ten sacks yesterday. A unit that I came on this podcast last week and said was no doubt, undoubtedly, a top 10 unit in the NFL. I don't know where that group was yesterday. And yes, I know you're going against Cam Jordan or, or Cam Hayward, excuse me. I know you're going against TJ Watt. You know, I, I know Mike Tomlin likes throwing a lot of different looks defensively, a lot of look, uh, different fronts and likes mugging a lot and, and disguising. But Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, I mean, you can't even let them off the hook with that because it was a lot of plays I seen where Ick was just getting put on his ass. Oh, my God. Taylor Morgan oh was just God. getting fucking obliterated on that side of the ball against TJ Watt. You had Bradley Bozeman, I think that's his name, just getting fucking completely mauled up the middle. So, I mean, it's not even, it, it, it wasn't even the fact of him disguising blitzes and, and sending different packages. It's just niggas with their hands in the dirt on the line. They just lined up in front of you and told you, I'm better than you. 
And so I'm going to run through your fucking face mask and I'm going to go sack your quarterback because I'm better than you. That's simply all it was. All it was. And then, like I was telling somebody yesterday, we won the game in the trenches last week. We lost that bitch in the trenches this week. Yep. Because the offensive line didn't do shit and the defensive line didn't do shit. Yep. And when you have 19 yards total in rushing, that's fucking embarrassing. Because if you know... And like I said, I, I've came on here the past two weeks and said that I don't think Sam Darnold is as bad of a quarterback as we have previously seen last year. Because mm -hmm. Sam Darnold has, has had the ability to not put the ball in harm's way. He's not turned over the ball. He's not thrown a bunch of ill-advised passes. And he's actually played decent games over these past couple weeks that he's been starting. I agree. And so, if you know that you don't really want to put your trust in your quarterback, that's fine. Knowing the, knowing the nature of the quarterback that you have, that's fine. But when you only go out there and get 19 fucking rushing yards, that shit is embarrassing. And everything I said last week about, oh, should we trade for this player? Should we trade for that player? Oh, I don't know. Deontay Foreman might be a little bit better than him. Dead that shit. Whatever the fuck back we see come up in free agency, based off what I seen last week, we need to be in talks with everybody. Because I'm convinced that niggas, niggas just don't got it. Niggas can't get the job done. Niggas just don't have what it takes to produce a winning football team. You was on the street last year out of a fucking job. We went and picked you up, gave you your chance to bounce back. And granted, a couple of games you did that. You was running like you was one of the better running backs in the fucking league. Majority of the games. Let's yeah. be fair. Okay, majority of the games. <laughs> but Derrick Henry don't have bad games like this. A Jonathan Taylor doesn't have bad games like this. A Josh Jacobs is not having a bad game like this this season. So all of that other shit, that shit is dead. When you can only come in, you touch the ball 10 fucking times and only can get me nine yards, I don't give a fuck... Obviously, it has a lot to do with the offensive line. But as a running back, you just have to make a fucking play. You and have to make a play. You have to make somebody miss. Yeah. And, and again, going back to that conversation, that was one of the things that I said kind of worried me or bothered me about, um, about Deontay Foreman was the fact that I wasn't sure if he had that ability. And yesterday, with all transparency, he showed that he just simply doesn't. He just simply doesn't have that ability. So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Again, like I said, I'm I'm almost speechless on a lot of this, a lot of these things, a lot of these topics because I've I've just never seen a football a football team go from looking like world beaters one week. Looking like so much progression and so, you know, so much growth had occurred. And then the following week just get dogged out by, you know, a football team that really just is no good. Honestly. It, 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 it's sad. It's sad. It's disappointing. I mean... That whole protective bank shit, like, it was great. It lasted for six days. Because I won't even say seven. 
because it wasn't even a full week <laughs> from our previous win to our most recent loss. So that's why I don't say seven. It was cute and great for six days. That is completely dead. It's just disappointing. I mean, a complete letdown yesterday really just blew my whole mood, ruined my whole day, um, even carried over to ruining my day today. Just, uh, just sick. I mean, it caused me sickness, really. Head throbbing, stomach in a knot, like, like just with disgust, really. Really. Honestly, and, and like I said, I understand that we do this to ourselves as Panthers fans all the time. Because this isn't the first time that, you know, we could have come in here and had the same podcast over the years. It's not. We do it to ourselves. But, I mean, damn, at some point you, you would hope and you would think that at some point you have to get over that hump. And this team just was unable to do it yesterday. Yeah, pretty much. And... Y'all might think that me and JJ reaching, like we we going crazy, we being too hard on them based off what the score looked like, because the score was twenty four sixteen. That was not a twenty four sixteen game. No, it was not. It's the same thing with the Cincinnati game. That forty two to twenty one is cute, but it really should have been 40, 42 to ten. Yesterday should have been more like twenty four to six. Yeah, pretty much. And maybe just, with a better offense, maybe even 31, 34, 35 to 10, 35 to, to 6, 7, 8. Yeah. Because this was not a 24 to 16 football game. I agree with you in that yeah, sense. That, that's what I was going to say. If the Steelers were at least the slightest bit of, I mean, just good in a sense, then the game would have been way worse than what the score said. Because we, we look like complete shit. In every aspect of the game. And that just goes to an, another point to show how bad of a football team they are. And then how bad of a football team we are to play down to that shitty ass level. And 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 that's what really just fucking blows me about what happened yesterday. Or on Sunday. Just complete fucking embarrassment. And it falls along. It, it falls in line with everything that the organization has done this year. And I, like I told JJ, and like we said in the past few weeks, it, it comes from the top. Yep. Dave Tepper, Scott Fitter, down to Steve Wilkes and what the fuck performance he drug out there yesterday. Down to the sorry-ass players and what they produced on the field yesterday. And then I don't, I don't want people to, because I, I know you, you're probably going to be surprised that I'm even going to say this, that I'm going to let Brian Burns off the hook. Because, I mean, he played like shit, complete shit yesterday, which has occurred over the past two weeks. He came out there and said he wanted to get the sack record. As far as I'm concerned, you're going to stay at 10 and a half this year. Because, I mean, I haven't even seen you even show the ability to get off the ball and get to the quarterback when you have a fucking Mitch Trubisky back there. And we all know how to fuck. We, we know what he does. He loves to get that bitch up. Hmm. He loves to get sacked. And the fact that we had one sack yesterday is just fucking embarrassing. It's embarrassing as fuck. And so, I mean, yeah, it, like you said, it, it, it's really just speechless on the performance. 
because I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over and over. But I mean, that's that's just the reality of the situation. Honestly. Yeah, I mean. And I just want to say this. And we'll 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 have a brief, brief intermission amongst us kind of reset the house because we we have a Cowboys fan that just walked in. And I know his energy ain't right right now either, cause <laughs> you know. But I'ma just say this, and you take it how you want, take it as a threat, take it as whatever. I won't even say a threat, but the fact. This kind of goes to why I said I don't know about this team anymore. Because the fact that in the fourth quarter, number 27, whoever the fuck that may be for the Pittsburgh Steelers, had the balls and audacity to run over to our sideline during a timeout and ain't nobody mopped that motherfucker up showed me a lot. The fact that on that onside kick attempt, after we scored our last field goal, when George Pickens recovered it, the fact that he was able to, again, on our sideline, put his nuts in, 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 in bro's face, and ain't nobody mop that bitch up, has me challenging everything that I thought this football team was. Cause let JJ, I don't and y'all may feel y'all may say, y'all may think about what I'ma say and, and be like, nigga, you just let JJ would have been on that field. And I see an opposing player with his nuts in my nigga's face. And he ain't getting slid on. Cause at this point the game is over. So fuck the 15. And I'll pay the 20,000 in fines, nigga, because that ain't shit to me. The fact he ain't get slid on, that goes to the challenge in the manhood thing because <laughs> it couldn't have been me. It couldn't have been me because I might would have put that bitch in the dirt. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> you know, and he, he's laughing because I guess I don't know maybe the way I said it or what. But I'm just telling y'all the God honest truth. The fact that not now one of them niggas got touched shows an entitled football team, a football team that doesn't know how to respond to getting punched in the mouth and soft behavior. And I won't even use the verbiage that immediately came to my mind to replace soft behavior. But that was fucking embarrassing. I never want to see that from this football team again. And Steve Wilkes shouldn't allow that. Because in film, if I'm the head coach, that's the first thing that I'm showing. George Pickens recovering an onside kick and feeling comfortable enough to be five inches away from y'all's sideline and to stand over your brother and he looking, him, looking, looking up at him like a little ass boy. And ain't nobody fucking mob on his ass. Bitchy. Uh, another thing, and and thank you 
for for being honest about Brian Burns because I know that's your dog. And don't get me wrong, like Brian Burns is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL based on the statistics. But you know, we've dedicated a, a whole segment to him probably the past three weeks or so, and we've been singing his praises. But the fact that he's gone MIA the past two weeks and two of the biggest games on the schedule, remaining on the schedule, luckily he got saved last week. And you tried to credit him with that half sack, and I told you no. When you watch the film, you're going to see he didn't do what you think he did because had it been left up to him, Mitch would have ran the ball for seven to eight yards. I mean, he ain't. He really ain't do shit. It ain't even much I can speak on him about. He just ain't I mean, do shit. Nothing. <laughs> so embarrass me. That's what he's done. Frank, because those are the two players that we talk the most about. Could y'all understand that Frank is my favorite and and BB is his favorite? I don't know. I, I, I ain't never seen the the I ain't never seen him look that lost in his life before. But I mean, damn. And Shaq Thompson ain't no better. See, we tried to we tried to let Shaq off the hook and tried to, you know, give him his props last week against Seattle. You tried to do that. You're right. It was me. <laughs> You're right. It was me. And then for you to come out here a week later with Mike Tomlin in the media talking about he looks like somebody that was raised by Luke Kuechly and, and Thomas David. To be, to be completely honest, I don't know what, what Shaq Thompson, Mike Tomlin was looking at or has been looking at this season, but I ain't seen that because Shaq ain't not near one of them. Not now, one of them. Yeah. So I don't know what Mike Tomlin was talking about in that presser. Because I saw that was something that was buzzing on Panthers Twitter for whatever reason. <laughs> An opposing coach saying something good about... I mean, that's what I'm saying. A lot of things in this fan base and in this organization is just soft shit. It's just soft shit. I understand the Steelers travel well, but damn. That's what showed up to the stadium on the game's behalf from our fan base. Just embarrassing. Something else that's been embarrassing the whole season. And Terrence has been a little more slow than I have to come to grips with this term or to come to grips with this uh idea or come to grips with this reality Jeremy Chen is fucking with complete <laughs> garbage in coverage really pro football focus right now has him at 27 targets for 21 completions overall PFF grade of 44 and a half so something gotta shake because if y'all remember when we did this whole thing from that Twitter thread that we discovered where all of these rumors came out and Jeremy Chin complaining about, you know, the organization trying to use him at safety and use him at linebacker. I pray to God that what we landed on was not safety. 
Because if it was, that shit got to go right now. Matter of fact, if it was and he got a problem and he don't want to go back to linebacker, we need to be looking at trade packages now. Because that shit ain't going to cut it. That shit is not going to cut it. Shout out Unnecessary Roughness on, on, on Twitter. Huge Panthers fan. You should check his page out. He has a YouTube as well. Uh, he said Shaq to uh, uh, Jeremy Chen ain't nothing but an Eric Reed. And we know how mud Eric Reed was for this for this uh team about four or five years ago. See, I done got I done got that nigga out my fucking head. And I don't even know why you brung him back. Cause that's just Cause how you want sorry me to tell you was. why? <laughs> you want me to tell you why? Cause your boy playing just like Eric Reed, if not worse. I mean, I, I wouldn't even say that I'm slow to come to terms with it because it's been more evident. Since he came back from injury and I've been able to actually like watch his play. Yeah, he can't cover. He can't even at times he can't even cover tight ends, which is just fucking embarrassing. But I like I was telling you earlier, or maybe this was yesterday, or the day before, I just feel like it's a lot more that that goes into the situation than him just like being a safety or a linebacker. Because if you if you have to go back to that conversation, I was telling you it's like, what did they decide on? Mm -hmm. What did he want to do? Mm -hmm. And then what did we land on? Because like you said, we landed on safety. Then obviously that that shit needs to be changed immediately. And if we landed on safety because that's where he wanted to play, then I mean it has to be some restructuring going on because that can't continue. Now, do I think Jeremy Chen would be a great linebacker? I think he would be a great linebacker because he can come up and make tackles. I think Jeremy Chin is a great player. Yeah. I think Jeremy Chin is still one of the better players on our defense. For sure. But coverage-wise, you can continue. Well, I, I mean, I mean that's really all it is. It's like he either goes to linebacker or, I mean, I guess we got to ship him. Like, I mean, there's no other choice. I mean, yeah, because you don't, you don't have a talent like Jeremy Chin on your roster. And, and and put him on the bench. Yeah. So that that can't happen. And then, but now it's like, if you don't put him at safety, when the last time you heard of Xavier Woods' name? Because I mean, he ain't done shit since he since he been on the fucking team. Just ain't done shit. Week one. Week one was the last. Maybe week two was the last game that that Xavier Woods had an impact on. And let's see what he did. Well, let's see what he did yesterday. Just to add to your point, five tackles, okay, cool. One quarterback hit, okay, cool. No pass deflections, no interceptions, nothing else. Six tackles, excuse me. To me, that ain't shit. Because, I mean, I the only reason that I brung up his name, because this is a play, I, well, two plays that I seen. One, he came up to make a tackle on Najee. And just look like a complete bitch. Mm -hmm. Like, just ain't really do nothing. Mm -hmm. But just dove at the ground, trying to crash out and, and injure himself to get out the game because he know he's some ass. That That's one play. The play on that, on that QB pressure or QB hit, whatever play that he came down and blitzed, the fucking running back ran right past him. So, I mean, I'm like, okay, your assignment is the blitz. Cool. That That's cute. But at the same time, your main focus is to stop the fucking player with the ball. 
and he ran right past you. So what did you actually really do on that play? The okay. same thing as everybody else did. Not shit. Now Najee done took off for 10, 15 yards. And we looking fucking dumb. So, I mean, like I said, we we got a lot of adjustments to make going into the offseason. It might be a little too early to talk about offseason. But I promise you, when we bring y'all this episode about what has to happen in the offseason, it's going to be so much shit to talk about. Because after that game I seen yesterday, to <coughs> me, nobody's spot is solidified on the team. Honestly, you come to me and tell me that, I mean, you think about trades for all these other players, this, this, and this. I mean, I'm cool with it because after I seen yesterday, I don't think that we we don't really have that many dogs on the team outside of JC hmm. to me. But we ain't really got one of them ones on the team based off what I seen yesterday. You might think something different. No, but everybody just looked. Just like complete bullshit yesterday. Mm -hmm. And if I feel like that's the performance that if I if I'm a coach and I have to go in the week thinking, oh, I might get this performance that I got when you played against the Pittsburgh Steelers, like it's a possibility I might get this performance out of you again, then you don't need to be on my fucking team. Cause I don't need to have that thought in my fucking head. So I mean, it's a lot of shit that has to be readjusted. Um Niggas got to find their identities. They got to find the will, the want to actually play fucking football and be physical. Because it seems like they lost that shit when they had them couple days off last week. So I don't know. And they had today off too, by the way. I just <laughs> I want to let you know. And, and the explanation for that was because it's a short week. Somebody would have been in the building doing something. Couldn't have been my team. Give a damn if they was on the treadmill. <laughs> Couldn't have been my team. I don't give a fuck. We turned around and played on, on Tuesday. I don't care how short the week is. Niggas would have been practicing as soon as we got off the field Sunday. Because y'all didn't play worth the damn Sunday. So ain't no way you tired. Ain't no way you tired. You didn't even play Sunday. So, I mean, yeah. And I understand that we haven't really educated anybody on anything today. <laughs> this was more so a frustration episode for for me. I'll speak for uh, on my behalf. I don't know how you feeling, <laughs> but if y'all can't tell by the tone and the language from Terrence, you like I said, usually Terrence is the one that's laid back, but <clears throat> it seemed like you got a lot to get off your chest, bit bro. Yeah, I, I just seen a lot of. A lot of shit that I just wasn't wasn't cool with this past Sunday. Just a lot of shit that just came down to effort play and having the want. It's not even more so of the ability. When you missing a bunch of tackles, like you said, tackles tackling somebody is an effort thing. Mm -hmm. Even if you get stiff on, I need to see you put your fucking helmet on somebody. That's yeah. what you got your other niggas for. Yeah. He put me in the dirt. I got you to clean it up. So, I mean, that it, it comes down to an effort thing. And when we came out that first drive and act like we couldn't tackle Najee Harris, I knew it was going to be a bad day. Yep. I knew it was going to be a bad day. Because I, I, I vividly seen Jeremy Chin on the edge where Najee scored his, I think it was like his second touchdown. I don't even know if he scored on this play, 
But regardless of what happened on this play, it, yes, he did in the red zone. Yeah, when Jeremy Chin just and just nutted himself. Yeah, so yes, stuff like that, bro. Is that that's the type of things that I don't need to see. And then I wanted to touch on something about the play calling. Okay, I mean because obviously, not to take credit away from other fans. Like, I doubt it's a lot of other people that sit here and study this game like we do or study this team like we do. And so if me and you can sit and watch the game and call out every play that's about to be ran, what the fuck do you think the coaches, the scouts, everybody on the other sideline that gets paid to watch film, to break down the film, what, what what do you think they're doing? Like, how how easy do you think it is for them to to point out what we're about to do if me and you can sit here and do the same thing all day, every week? If you watch the games with me and JJ, if, if you ever watch the Carolina game with me and JJ, like, we can literally sit here and call every play that's about to be ran, and they do it verbatim. <laughs> and the shit doesn't produce positive results at all. And so I'm like, if I can call this out, then I know the other coaches can call this out. I know the people on the other sideline can call this out. And and that just makes me think, like, we didn't even run that little dumb shit with LaVisca. Because I think the time we was about to run it, I seen a linebacker tracking it the whole way. Yep. And I said, okay, it's about time somebody jump on that shit. That's predictable. Some soft-ass shit. That I don't even know how we continue to get yards on because if I'm a defensive coordinator on the other side, I notice what they want to do. Yeah, there's, so. there's only three options. I mean, if you if you have the defensive end, you set the defensive edge the proper way, and then you have a linebacker, uh, or excuse me, a linebacker fill both a gaps. Shit, only thing I got to do is have my other linebacker or my nickelback or whoever track Lavisco wherever he go. Cause that's their three options right there. You either have a, a a pull from Sam Darnold, a dive from Chuba or Deontay, or a quick uh, a, 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 a bubble screen to Lavisca Chanel. Yeah, it, it's so predictable, and that's what I, and that's what fucking frustrates me about Ben McAdoo. I I really don't even know how he didn't get shipped out with Matt Rule, and what's buddy name? Phil Snow. Phil Snow. But that's a conversation for another day. But if I had to point out one thing that Steve Wilkes fucked up on was keeping Ben McAdoo because he should have been gone. It's as you simple that, as that. You said that from that very day. That and day. I wasn't I wasn't too I wasn't as quick as you were to get on that bandwagon, but I know a lot of other Panthers fans were. Yeah, that like like we said, I'm I'm more active in the Facebook side, you're more mm-hmm. active in the Twitter side. Mm-hmm. But every other thread why is Ben McAdoo still calling plays? Why is Ben McAdoo still here? Continue to put our team in these shit situations. Just continue to put an offense on the field that defenses aren't scared of at all. And like I said, I mean, Sam Darnold hasn't been playing bad football. DJ Moore had a great day yesterday or Sunday, in my opinion. The, the the touchdown pass he caught, I was telling you, I don't think a lot of other receivers would be able to make plays like that. Yep. Because he 
He followed where his quarterback was going. He seen his quarterback was in trouble. And he allowed his quarterback to make a play. And then he was able to make a play. But, I mean, if we can't get the run game going, my God. If this is the identity that, identity that the team is built off of, then we have a fucking problem. Steve Wilkes came in and said that he wants a new identity to be that Deontay Foreman gets 20 touches a game. Oh, he did. He didn't even get 20 touches because he didn't do shit with the 10 touches he got. So, I mean, if, if we can't get that going, then, I mean, I, I just don't know, honestly. I really just don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it it's discouraging. <clears throat> the performance that I saw Sunday was extremely discouraging. Like I said, it, it made me contemplate, sell, you know, transferring the tickets directly back. I don't know how you felt about your ticket, but it made me, yeah, I, I mean, because ultimately, unfortunately, I'm picking between, you know, family time, spending, spending time with my family, or going to watch the Carolina Panthers play. Nine times out of ten, I'm going to pick family time, but this year, I decided that I want to go see my boys play their last home game of the year. Thinking that to, yesterday, Sunday, would have been an easy victory. Because we would just come out and punch them in the mouth. Because the bank would have been rocking. Because niggas would, would, would be ready to slide. But unfortunately, you know, that just wasn't the case. Just sad. Just just embarrassing. Just disappointing. I mean, there's so many adjectives that you can use for the performance that you saw Sunday. Honestly, we'll move on kind of wrapping up here. Um, again, I understand that we've we've we probably haven't said anything that y'all haven't thought, but this was more just a, a let off steam podcast because I mean, just the letdown, bro. Like I'm in my room, like playing that shit because I'm feeling like we about to slide on something. <laughs> I'm lying. <laughs> I mean, that's how it was coming into the game. Then I had that little slight feeling before. A couple other things to touch on just because, you know, we do like to keep y'all informed and there were some other storylines this week. Um, we won't dive too far into them just because that's just simply not the direction that I want to go today. I, I, I really want to let the pie be this. An accountability uh, episode. Because Saturday... You play like that against the Detroit Lions? Hmm. Kiss, kiss those playoff hopes goodbye. And I know Steve said he don't want to hear nothing about playoff, but kiss those playoff hopes goodbye. Because, yes, you did get help yesterday. You can thank the Saints for that. You can thank the Bengals for that. You did get help yesterday. So you can be grateful in this spirit, you know, and during this season of giving for that. Pathetic. Uh, Cam Newton say, uh, says, states that he's better than every quarterback in the NFC South. How do you feel about that? <laughs> we'll just spend, a, we'll spend like two or three minutes on, on each one of these topics. I mean, I think he has a valid point to a certain extent. Um, if I had to base it off what I've seen him do the last time he was on the field, that statement is partially false. Um but then I know that that warrants a lot of conversations for the circumstances he had coming in, not being 
given a fair chance to uh, learn the offense, to like know the players and things like that, which all of that is very valid. Um, I I just don't agree with that statement fully. But, I mean, I do think he's better than any quarterback that the Falcons have. I think he's better than any quarterback that Atlanta has. Um, Tom Brady is playing like shit right now, but at this point, um, based on what I seen Cam do last, will I take Tom Brady over Cam? Yes, I will. Um, and honestly, you can feel how you want to feel about this statement. People at home, JJ, I know he probably gonna have some shit to say about it. But if I'm basing it off what I seen Cam do last, I'm still sticking with Sam Darnold over Cam. Okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, okay. Um, for me, again, I don't hate the statement. I understand where you're coming from as far as Tom Brady's concerned. Um, I, I I have a very very difficult time with judging anything that that Cam Newton has done the last two or three times we've seen him on the field because every single time we've seen him, he's been in a more difficult situation each time out. Um. You know, the time with with New England that he spent uh, was the COVID year. People, you know, guys weren't allowed in the building. One of the more complex offenses, in my opinion, in the NFL. So I don't think he had a fair shot then. Then they bring in Matt Jones. Uh, you know, they uh, have this fake quarterback competition. Same thing we saw with Baker and Sam this offseason. They have this fake quarterback competition knowing that they wanted to, you know, set things up for Mac Jones to be the future of this organization. So again, done complete a complete disservice in that regard. And then of course the whole situation that occurred in Carolina last season where you bring him in, you know, after struggling for 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 countless weeks and you bring him in to either be your savior or your scapegoat, the latter being the more um believable of the two. So I, I mean, I just, I don't know what, I don't know who Cam Newton is right now. I don't know what type quarterback Cam Newton is right now, just based on the things that I've said. So I will, I, you know, I won't agree 100%, nor will I disagree 100%. Um, but I do think he's better than, like you said, any quarterback Atlanta has on their roster. I think that he's better than Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston both. Um, for me personally, I can understand why you say you'll take Sam Darnold over him right now. But Sam Darnold has also only done this for three weeks. And yeah. it's not like Sam Darnold has gone, you know, 3-0 and in, in, in that span. We saw Sam Darnold use, lose yesterday to, to a mediocre Pittsburgh Steelers team. And, yes, we understand that the reason why we lost wasn't necessarily because of him. But I think that if we have another quarterback – you know, even a top 15 quarterback, even if you, I, I mean, I don't even know who you really want to throw out there um, because I don't know what your list looks like. And I don't even know a quarterback that I would say necessarily. But I mean, if you put a Kirk Cousins or you put a Dak Prescott or, you know, you put, I don't even know, maybe even a Taylor Heineke. If you put any of those guys in that situation to me, in my opinion, yesterday, there's a very high possibility that they find a way to win that football game. So I'm not even 100% sure that I would say um, that I'm choosing Cam uh, uh, Sam Darnold over Cam Newton. 
Um, but it was something that we wanted to bring to y'all's attention if y'all did not see that Cam Newton said that he is currently better than, than every quarterback in the NFC South. And then with Brady, um, I mean, I don't know. Again, I can't really judge Cam Newton off of the last two or three seasons that I've seen from him, from him because he's been in an extremely tough situation every single every single position that he's been in. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Um, the, I mean, yeah, it doesn't make you throw it in the dirt, but in that same respect, like, you all, it, it, it almost kind of does too, though. Because if you don't know the offense and you don't know your receivers and your timing isn't right and things of that nature, you know, that's what's going to happen. You're going to look flustered and you're going to look like, you know, you're not able to make those throws because timing isn't right. It's, it's a lot of things that go into the quarterback position. So, you know, is his, is his shoulder shot? A lot of people will say yes. I don't know if I'm under that belief. I know that he can't spin it the way he was spinning it in 2015. But that also doesn't mean that he can't spin it a little bit better than Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, uh, Ritter, whatever, whatever that nigga's name is from, from Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, you know, that doesn't mean that he can't spin it better than those guys. So I'm not going to completely disagree with that. Um, the Tom Brady, again, Tom is having a, a, a rough season right now. He hasn't looked the best by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, I can understand a, a person making an argument for either side of of uh, the debate in regards to that specific name. But something, you know, something to, to be brought up. Um, something else to be acknowledged is Dave Tepper was ordered to pay $100 million for the whole Pink Hill debacle that we spoke on last week. Um, what was he? He was uh, using funds, from stealing funds pretty much from the city or whatever may have you. The whole, if you don't know about it, just go read up on it just because I don't want to spend much time on that because we dove into it a little bit um, last week. But he was ordered to pay $100 million um, for that whole situation. Um, let's see, where do we want to go here? Again, wrapping up, um, we'll go to best and worst and player of the game. I'll start off, and I'm just going to go ahead and do all three. Um Best thing that I saw yesterday, I guess, would be um, J.C. Horn. <laughs> yeah. And I say that only because, you know, he didn't – I think he may have allowed one catch yesterday. So, in a game full of dark spots, he was the only bright one to be acknowledged, in my opinion. Um, I, would, I was thinking about going with Sam Darnold only because he didn't turn the football over. But then again, offensively, we, we weren't able to put up enough points to win the football game. So it's hard for me to do that um, because ultimately that lay, that lays in your quarterback's hands. Um, worst thing that I saw, I, I mean, I can really just – I really, really can just rattle off so many things. But the one thing in particular that was the worst thing that I saw – was the fact that the Carolina Panthers allowed their brother to sit on the dirt while George Pickens had his penis in, <laughs> in, in his face and George Pickens didn't get carted off or stretched out. That might have been the worst thing that I saw. So that's, the, that's it for those two things. For my player of the game, don't have one. Don't have one. Take it away. 
respectfully. So, I mean, so I would say the best thing I saw, uh, I would just have to go. I mean, you might be able to say I can say this for a player of the game, but not really. I would just say to play a DJ more. Um, he responded last week off of zero and zero. Zeros all the way across the board. He did have five for like 73 and a touchdown. So I think he did great in responding. Um, and he was in doubt to even play this week. So for him to toughen it out, knowing the magnitude of the game, I would say that in itself was probably the best thing I saw. Worst thing I saw was, I mean, everything we really put on the field. But um, I would just have to go the trenches in general. Um, we got very below mediocre play from the offensive line, especially the defensive line, um, just allowing the, the Steelers to really run all over us with two running backs was really just embarrassing all across the board. So that would be the worst thing I saw. Um, player of the week, I really don't want to give one. I really didn't want to do a best and worst. Well, I really didn't want to do a best. Worst, mm -hmm. we would be here for another hour. But um, if I had to go player of the game, I would just go Eddie Pinheiro. Just because, yeah. I mean, shit, he went three for three yesterday, made a 52-yarder. And he's been pretty good since that that game against Atlanta. So, I mean, that would probably be my player of the game, honestly. But Fair yeah. enough. And, and I almost want to change my worst worst thing that I saw yesterday to Keith Taylor's performance, honestly. Mm. Well, but I'm let, not going to do that. Well, I am. Let me retract that. Keith Taylor has to be the worst thing I saw all year. I'm going to be honest. Keith Taylor's performance Sunday might be the worst thing that I've seen in my life from a football standpoint. Yeah. And that's not being funny. Honestly. Every time Keith Taylor has stepped on the field this season, he's done so, so, something very, very suspect. Every time. And Sunday just, you know, was the icing on the cake for me. Keith Taylor should be without a job. Keith Taylor does not belong in the NFL. Keith Taylor is at the very best, if you think that he's still an NFL talent, is a practice squad material player. And that's with all due respect because what they do is, is commendable in itself as well. But Keith Taylor is no good, and he should never, ever be rolled out on an active 53-man roster in the NFL ever again. That's what I have to say on that. Um, we have the Lions this week. The Lions, winner of, of six in a row. Um, you know, we've talked about the Lions uh, at length on this podcast over the past couple of weeks, just, you know, taking a look at the remaining schedule and things of that nature. In my opinion, the Detroit Lions game is the hardest remaining game on our schedule. I said that last week as well. Yep. And I think that given the circumstances and in hindsight, I think even two weeks ago, the Lions was the toughest remaining game on our schedule. So we have our work cut out for us. We have our work cut out for us. Though, you know, though the tone of this po the podcast has been negative, ultimately at the end of the day, you control your own destiny still. Like I mentioned Five, ten minutes ago, we got a lot of help yesterday. The New Orleans Saints came in the, came into the football game, did what they needed to do to beat Atlanta. The Cincinnati Bengals, you know, though 
I was sitting here even more sick. I mean, I was just getting sicker and sicker by the minute from 1 p.m. all the way up until about 5.45, 6 o'clock Eastern time when the Bengals turned it around. But they were trailing 17-0, to zero, and really I thought that our playoff hopes had died at, four, at 4.15. But luckily, the Cincinnati Bengals have a, a, a great offense, and they were able to turn it on. Um, and to score what twenty four unanswered, if I'm not mistaken, against the sense uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I don't yeah. I don't even remember what the final was. Um, but luckily, they were able to pull it out. So again, if you're the Carolina Panthers, if you're a player that listens to this podcast, if you're Steve Wilkes, anybody on the coaching staff, again, you control your own destiny. Me and Terrence will be in attendance Sunday, so I pray to God <laughs> y'all don't put on another bullshit performance like this Sunday. But you control your own destiny. You win three games in a row, you make it to the playoffs. And, you know, at that point, for me personally, I'm just happy buying the NFC South Championship t-shirt. Because I understand, based on what I saw Sunday, I understand that no noise is to be made should the Carolina Panthers win the the NFC South. And that's what I have on that. Um, You can... Kind of, yeah. you know, wrap up whatever you need to say, and then we'll we'll close it out. Yeah, I mean, the Lions have been a <clears throat> like. I, I mean, me and JJ talked about this earlier in the year. Um, I like their coach a lot, Dan Campbell. Um, I think he's a very like nitty gritty like football coach. He requires a lot out of his players, like, and you can tell that they just play with like intensity. Like they're out there ready to knock your head off, like. He, he's one of those coaches that you just want to play for. And I think his his team responds well to that. So we definitely have our work cut out for us um, Saturday. And I'm going to go – I'll be the first one to say it. I haven't seen a Carolina win in person. So, I mean, if we happen to – if we happen to lose this game, God forbid we do. If we happen to lose this game, me and J.J. will be in attendance. Y'all can blame it on me. I mean, I might be the bad look, honestly. <laughs> I, really, I really, I really might be the bad look, but and put it this way: if you're a Lions fan that that you know is planning on traveling to Charlotte and going into the Bank of America Stadium, if you see me, you say what's up, but be respectful because when I get in them games, <laughs> typically I don't know how to act. I ain't gonna lie, and I start mobbing a little bit. So yeah. you know, keep your distance. That's all I'm gonna tell y'all niggas. Yeah, that that is a fact. Um, and we we're we're not able to keep him under control usually when we go to games, but I mean it's because we expect a a lot more out of our fan base because it seems though as me and JJ are really the only, I'm not gonna say the only fans, but some of the only fans that really go in there and like turn it up a notch. Yeah, for sure. But I, I really don't expect to see a lot of Detroit fans there. I, I don't I haven't heard of a lot of Detroit fans in North Carolina. And that would just be a long ass traveling just <laughs> that would just be a long ass vacation on uh Christmas Eve. So I mean I do expect the bank to be rocking. Um but yeah, we will be in attendance. We do have our work cut out, but we're hoping for a win. I just don't know how it's gonna what the outcome is going to be based on what I've seen this past week. So, I don't either, but we'll see. At the very least, at least Christmas is the next day. So, even if we get our ass beat, you know, 
Family time may cure. I don't know. That's that's subjective too, cause a lot of niggas I know don't fuck with their family. So yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, I hate that the tone had to be this, bro. I really hate that the tone had to be this for the pod. But ultimately, like that just is what it is for real. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. And bro. if you're a Carolina fan, then you you feel it wholeheartedly, honestly. Like, if you didn't come into this week with the same kind of energy, then, I mean, I would say, I mean, reevaluate yourself because it, it was nothing that you could have seen that was good that came out of that game. So, at all, I feel like the tone was very justified, but. Fair point. Fair point. Well, Merry Christmas. We won't talk to y'all until uh, the 28th or something like that. So, Merry Christmas. I hope, you know, Santa is nice to everyone. I hope that y'all enjoy y'all's family time. Um. I want nothing more for Christmas but a Carolina Panthers win on Saturday. I'll just be honest. Like, no amount of money, no gift, no nothing could help me with my mental health more than the Carolina Panthers victory. So, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But that's really all I have to say. I appreciate y'all tuning in. We appreciate y'all tuning in. Again, make sure you like, comment, subscribe um, to the YouTube. Follow on IG, TikTok, Twitter. You can find us personally. I'll add that to the uh, YouTube bio as well. Um, and again, thank y'all for being here. Yeah. Close the shit out, bro. You thought I was closing it? Yeah, I, I thought I, you I mean, was closing it. I should have closed it. Nah, it's all good. I'm going to spend another uh, $15 on one of these Sunday too for whatever reason. I might. I might not. I don't know. But yeah, turn, thank turn, you, God. <laughs> see. see, that's why. Yeah, see. Yeah, we. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. <laughs> I mean... Uh, Continue to be active on the pages. Like I said before, sure. we like when y'all interact, when y'all, you know, when y'all debate with us, argue with us, whatever you may have it. But, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Another episode, we'll be back with you guys soon. Uh, Merry Christmas. I hope you guys get everything you you asked for for Christmas or however <laughs> it may go. But, yeah, for sure, we appreciate you guys. And if you're not doing a lot of asking, I mean, I hope that your pockets is ready. And don't spend a lot of money on no dumb shit because a recession is coming for a shit show. Everybody know it. That's in the top 1% and they've been trying to tell us for the past five months. So just be prepared for that as well. That's just, you know, random food for thought. But as far as that, everything else go, if the Panthers don't show me shit this Saturday, I'm not going to be as reserved as I was today. Put it that way. Because the only reason why I was as reserved as I was today is because I had a conversation on Saturday night with people that I value in my life a lot. And, they, you know, they had a couple of uh, 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 tips as far as the podcast goes. So I tried to be reserved. But let let y'all lose Saturday and watch how I act on this podcast. That's all I'm going to say. Simple as that.